I said, it's not in your first Oh, I know that. Well, it is not praise. It's not praise. praise God. Praise today. Yes. Um, any other praise prayer requests? Yes, ma'am.
It's an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully none of us will have to have that. Amen. We get called up. Yes, amen. That's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for and praying for. Me too. Yeah. But, you know, it's, laughter is good for the soul, so it's, it's good we can laugh. And we do. Any other praise prayer request? That's for the Lord's prayer. You got one? Go ahead. We need to keep Kathleen and Vince in prayer. They're leaving Sunday for Florida. Yeah. And uh, she, I, I talked to her. She said she was worried about that, that bridge high. They got one. I said, Are you going to swim? She said, I'm going to get her to worry about it. Don't get her water. That was a. That, I, I'm, I'm too simplistic in some kind of things, you know. Like they are, they are doing that. <laughs> oh man! What got that from the old dot on the hee Anyway, uh, let's go to the Lord's prayer. Father God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, I ask you to bless this time we have together. Lord, I ask you to use uh, this time for us to worship you and grow in your word. Uh, give us the ability to ask questions if we don't understand. Well, give us the ability to be able to explain uh, where uh, our hearts will understand it. Lord, I ask you to be with those that are grieving, those that were mentioned on the prayer list tonight, uh, and those that have the unspoken. Lord, I just love you, and I know that you're involved in all these situations, and they're all going to work out for your glory. And it's your glory that we seek in and all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright. We are going to pick up where we left off. Verse 17. We're starting in a new section. He, he just went over uh, God's righteous judgment and, and now we're getting into uh, the Jews are guilty as the Gentiles. And so uh, depending on how your Bible wrote up do what? We're in chapter 2 of the book of Romans at verse 17. Romans 217. Yes, 217. Um, I know you've been gone for a week and I apologize for not not telling that to start with. Uh, I just assumed that everybody was, knew where we were at. So with that being said, uh, it says the Jews are just as guilty as the Gentiles depending on how your your Bible is broke down uh uh, some say condemnation of the Jews. Uh, and so I'll start reading in 17. It says, Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your uh, hope in God and know He is uh, and know His will uh, and approve the things that are excellent being instructed out of the law. And are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, and an instructor of the foolish, uh, a teacher uh, of the babe, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law, you uh, therefore who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that man should not steal, do you steal? You who say do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idol, do you not rob temple? You who make your boast in the law, do you you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles, because of you as it is written. I'm going to stop right there before we get into the next section. So we went from uh, verse 17 uh, to verse 24. So we're going to pick it up right there. Starting in verse 17. It says, uh, Did you claim to follow the law? Now Paul is going to take them to the woodshed. He's going to take them to the woodshed. Uh, 
claim to follow the law, and if you said that they knew God, and uh, we're going to find out, Paul's going to tell them that they might have known that, but they mistaken a lot of things when we start plowing into things. The Jews viewed themselves as a, as a called of God. The Jews were called by the name of God. Excuse me. Isaiah 48, 1 and 2. The Jews depended on keeping the law. The Jews made their boast in the law. Romans you know, 2, uh, 23 tells us that. Also, uh, the Jews depended on the fact that they were chosen by God. The Jews were chosen in the time of Abraham. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Alright. So, we're fixing to get into this. It's, it's a lot going on here. Uh, the Jews said that they knew the will of God. The Jews said that they knew the will of God. The Jews had received the commandment at Mount Sinai. And that's in Nehemiah 9, uh, 13 to 14. Alright? Uh, the Jews said they approved the things that were excellent. The Jews knew that they had the scriptures. That's Romans 15, 4. They knew this. The Jews said they were instructed out of the law. The Jews had been taught the law of God, Psalm 119, 97 to 100, uh, Psalm 105, Psalm 130. Uh, we can go on, you know, back to Deuteronomy, uh, where they told them, tell them to raise the children by this. That they hear it every day. Let your children know these things so that they will be passed down from generation to generation. So they had it. The Jews felt they could lead those in darkness. In 19, it's talking about the Jews felt that they were the guide to the blind. Alright? And we're fixing to get into some, some pretty good stuff here. Alright, so they thought they were the guide to the blind. Uh, the blind and the babes. They thought that they they had the, the, the sole authority on who God was. Now, with that being said, we're going to get to a section here in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead just a second. We're going to get to a section in a little bit where Paul's going to remind them that Jesus showed them different. Showed them different. Uh, so uh, they felt they were the guys of the line. Jesus said that they were blind guides. The Jews thought that they were blind. The Pharisees made all these rules. They thought they were the they were the keepers. When we get all of this is going to start to be unraveled when we get to the circumcision part. But right now we're just getting high point. Paul's making his case. He's laying it out there and you've got to know that when he's making his case right through here, these Jews are fired up. They're getting fired up if they're not because they think they're superior. They think because they are Jews, they have salvation. They don't think they can lose. They think by birthright. Go ahead. They possess it. Yeah, they possess it. And so and they possessed it by, by the things they thought they right. possessed. Right. They had knowledge. Right. They had the, the scriptures. Right. And they had the things the Gentiles for them. Yes, yeah. And so Jesus said that they were blind because of their sin. Um, and uh, and we, we read in, in the verse of Paul ago where he asked them questions. And, uh, and so the Jews felt that they were the light to those in the dark. And God had called the Jews to be light to the nations. In Isaiah uh, 49, 6. I'm going to back up. Uh, Jesus said that they were blind guys in Matthew 15, verses 12 14. Alright? And Jesus said they were blind because of their sin. Uh, John 9, 40 and 41. Alright? And then we get to Jesus. Uh, the Jews felt that they were light to those in the darkness. And God had called the Jews to the light, uh, to be the light to the nation in Isaiah 49 and 6. None of which they did. Uh, the Jews felt that they could instruct those without the law in verse, uh, in, in verse 20. Uh, the Jews felt that they could instruct the foolish. The Jews had been told that they could learn from others. Uh, that they could learn from others. In Isaiah 28, 
verses 9 through 13. They've been told that they were going to learn some things from some other. Uh, the Jews felt that they could teach the faith. The Jews had become dull of hearing them through. Hebrews 5, uh, 11 through 13. How many times in our churches today do we have folks who are going through the motion? Their, their spirituality and their, their commitment to God is dull. It's dull and a dull knife. Like a butter knife. And the only way a butter knife can cut you is if you miss you. But it's great at cutting butter. And that's where these churches have got today. It's great at cutting the things they already know. And they keep cutting it and they keep cutting it because they don't want to go into and stretch out and learn the things they don't know or they don't want to stretch out and do the things they're called to do. And they're going to, it's going to come up here shortly. It's going to come up here shortly. Not only is it going to be a reference to what they did, but it's going to be, can make some of our feet short if we, if we listen to it correctly. And so anyway, uh, they felt that they could do these things. That they could, but the Jews had become dull of hearing themselves. They didn't, they didn't hear, they didn't take, they didn't take to heart when someone called them out for their own thing. Think about it. Think about it. When he talks about robbing from the temple, the idol. Do you not think that any foreign places where the Jews would set up synagogues, if they weren't out there, especially if they were silversmiths, part of the silver, uh, part of the, uh, or, or, or part of the Sanhedrin, or part of the synagogue in certain cities, if they weren't out there selling, selling figurines of these other gods? Yeah. But the other thing is, is the teachers and the, of the law were doing the same thing. They were condoning it. Because how do these people pay their tithes? Oh, that you'll gain money. And so anyway, here we go. Uh, they felt that they had the right form of knowledge. The Jews uh, had a form of godliness, godliness, uh, godliness in 2 Timothy 3.5. They had a form of godliness, but it was legalistic godliness. Go ahead. Denied the power. Yeah. They didn't change. Yeah, they denied the power of God. I mean, they, they, you know, go ahead. This, this whole thing, if we back up to where they had gotten their mandate, you know, God is in Genesis 12. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it goes, I will make you a great nation. So they're all about that, right? I will make your name great. Oh, they thought the Jewish name was above all of the Gentiles. Yeah. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And, whoops, I forgot this. All people on earth will be blessed through you. And they're saying, you the Gentiles, you in Paul's home, you see them as a, you're a guide for these blind people. Not these people that need to see the light. And we talked about this a little bit last time. I mean, he says, you who preach against stealing, you steal. And so when he's looking here, they're stealing. They're the Gentiles' chances to learn from them to be an instructor. They're foolish? Well, that just turns them off right away. Why would they want to be called a fool? This is a shame on our culture, remember? And the first part of this, you therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on these people. They're done with the instruction. They're done with hearing from him. You're teaching us as infants? And so so the, the condescension here is gripping off the page. And Paul is probably single-handedly calling them out on this. I mean, you can see the condescension the, the, the condescending attitude, you can see that in fact when you turn the TV on the day and you get the news about what's happening with our government. Those that are up there that are supposed to be serving us think that they can control us. They think they're better than us. They're above us. Really not working. Yeah, yeah. That we're, we don't know. We're, we're too unintelligent to understand what's going on. I said it in country terms. 
Dari time point sebelum Eh, ada tak boleh Dan tahu Allah And so, the Jews taught the law But forgot justice, mercy, and faith They were all about the law It was so rigid Remember me telling you about the, the bloody-headed Pharisee? The bloody-headed Pharisee took the law so strict that they, you know, about looking at another woman, that they would walk with their head down. When you see where they're going, they walk with their head down to them, they possibly could not look at another woman and walk into a wall and bust their foreheads wide open. And their head would bleed. That's why they call them bloody-headed Pharisees. Read those people. You talk about them. So legalistic. So legalistic. They can't even see where they're going. Much less where they live. And so... Uh, that was in Matthew uh, 23, uh, verses 23 and 24. They, they, they thought they had it all. They were above it all. Uh, and, uh, and so the Jews felt that they could teach others. They thought that not only were they the chosen people, but that they had the authority to teach other people just because of their birthright. And so the Jews were teaching others. The Jews were teaching others in their wickedness. Psalm 50, 16 to 20. They're teaching in their wickedness. The Jews were teaching the law, but not following Matthew 23, 3. Kind of what we have going on today. The laws are for ye, not me. The Jews were putting heavy loads on others. Luke eleven forty six. There is a lot of, of denominations. There's a lot of independent churches who put undue burdens on their members that the staff don't even keep. They make the burden heavy. Put the loads on it. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to jump through this hoop. You have to jump through that hoop. You have to be in good standing a year before you can even be a member. Not only is that not biblical, and especially where we are, that's what I'm at. And so, uh, the Jews were failing to teach themselves. They weren't adhering their own teaching. They weren't following their own advice, for lack of a better term. The Jews knew the Lord's will but we're not doing it. Luke 12, 47. They were doing it. They haven't been doing it. Look at all through, look at all through history. What happened to them? They did it for a little while. Then they quit doing it. They got slapped. They got hauled off. They come back. They do it for a little while. They get slapped. They get hauled off. They wound up being servants of others. And it all goes back. It goes back to when they God gave them the land of milk and honey. And they didn't go get it then. And they didn't follow the instructions. When Joshua and them went into Israel, what did God tell them to do? Don't make any treaty and bring the land of these people. And they didn't do it. And what happened? They started intermingling. They started following eyes. They started calling You know, God knows what he's doing. And it would behoove all of us to follow his direction. And so, uh, the Jews knew the Lord's will, but they weren't doing it. Luke 12, 47. The Jews did not keep the law that they taught in Galatians 6, 13. That's where we start getting in. You blaspheme in the word of God before the Gentiles. You're blaspheming God. You're supporting yourself to be this. It's worse than being a hypocrite. Uh, the Jews were, were preaching to us. The Jews were teaching for their own gain. Micah 311. They were teaching for their own gain. They weren't teaching. See, we, we mentioned back in the beginning that when we stand before God, what is He going to look at? He's going to look at our motives and our actions. Our yeah. And so, Paul right here is telling them, you know, you can be, you can think you can be right here, but your action or your motive bear something different. 
And remember, they tell us that we will know them by their fruit. And uh, and so uh, the Jews knew they were doing. Uh, the Jews were doing what they preached against. Uh, the Jews were committing every kind of sin. Ezekiel 22, uh, 23 to 29. The Jews had made the temple a den of thieves. Quote. Matthew 21, 30. Go ahead. You remember, uh, and I just looked this up. That comes right out of Jeremiah 7, 11. And you just quoted what Jesus was doing when he drove those people out of the uh, women's court is actually in the Gentile court, actually. It's in the Gentile court. And the Gentiles were not allowed in the temple. According to when the 613 laws they made up, that's not what God's intent was. In Isaiah 56, uh, 7, 56, 7, uh, it says, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will I accept on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus was talking when he said, my house is a house of prayer. He was talking about the Gentiles in the Gentile court. They were allowed to go in here and you're keeping them out. And then he turned around and he said, the famous statement you just said, the den of robbers, you made a den of robbers. You you were charging for all these things and you're cheating and you're stealing money for what is really God's. And you Gentiles, you're allowed in here, but you Jews have made it a den of robbers. He's pointing to both people in that famous confrontation. He would make it, they made it hard for anyone other than a Jew to worship God. Right. What happens today? There are Christians out there, I don't care, the Baptist, Methodist, whatever they are, they make it hard for sinners to come to God. Make it hard. You've got to jump through the hoops. You've got to jump through the hoops. You know, you got to do this. You've got to do that. You have to, before we can bring you in here, you have to change. Nowhere in God's Word does it say you have to change to come to God. Nowhere. He meets you where you're at. And changes you. And changes you where you're at. That's the thought. And so, uh, we're going to get into this. It's going to get deep here short. The Jews would try to cover their sins with prayer. They thought they could pray their sins with well, you can if you are saved and have a pure heart. You have to accept. And here we're talking in this situation, these folks had rejected the Messiah. And so remember, we're in the New Testament. You have to come to Christ to be forgiven of your sins. There's only one name by which men are saved. That's Jesus Christ. There's only way to get one way to God. That's Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. There's none of these other hoop jumping things. There's none of this other stuff. Uh, the Jews would try to cover their sin with prayers and they weren't being heard. Matthew 23, 14. They were like one of these clanging symbols and empty, empty drums. Have you ever heard symbols claim when nobody knew the tune? My brother, in his infinite diswisdom, gave my daughter a drum set for Christmas one day. Paid him back. <laughs> I gave his daughter, took me a long time, but he waited to have yours. I gave her a corn pot. You know, you ever seen that little thing you drive around and, and she drove that thing everywhere she went. The string broke on it, and I went over there and put a new string on it. <laughs> the string broke the second time, I put a piece of broomstick off and stuck it in there and screwed it together so she could 
The Jews were dishonoring God by breaking the law. The Jews had rejected the law. They taught in Jeremiah 9, 8 and 9, Jeremiah uh, 9, 13 and 14. The Jews would not be condemned by the law they claimed to follow. They thought that they would not be condemned, but they will be condemned by the law that they claim to follow. John 5, 45. Remember, all are going to stand before God. All. They're going to give an account. And your motive and your actions are going to play out. Uh, the Jews were here, but not doers of the law in James 1, 22. Now remember, James was preaching and teaching in Jerusalem. And he, he that, that's tough right there. The Jews were hearers, but not doers of the word. They were hearers of the word only. And so, uh, go ahead. There, there is a point you brought up that they found that it says, God's name is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you. That's a reference, direct reference to Isaiah 52. I'm going to back up in one verse here. Uh, for this is what the Sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live lately. Assyria has oppressed them, the Israelites. And now, what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing, for no good reason at all. And those who rule them mock. The Gentiles are mocking, declares the Lord. And all the day long, my name is constantly blaspheming, blaspheming by the Gentiles. And he's now pointing, Paul's now pointing at the Jews as a cause of that. The Jews have caused the Gentiles to blaspheme the name of God. They were to bring, the whole point is, they were to bring this whole fountain of the law and, and the one God of creation up to the Gentiles, they, and they got a panacea of pagan worship going on. They're totally lost. And they, they, the, the, the Gentiles are seeing what the Jews are doing. They get and, it. And they got it. Why would we want to do that? Why do we want to do that? You're hypocrites. Yeah, you're hypocrites. Kind of like today. Kind of like today. There are churches and there are congregations that are no different than the world outside. Why would anybody want to follow that? What's the, what's the great thing other than being other than being a social club? That, that's the only thing. But if we're following the Word of God, we're different. You know, we're peculiar. We come out of the world. Yes, we come out of the world. We we live in the world, but we're not of the world. We are ambassadors here. We're travelers. Uh, this is not our home. This is not our nation. I mean, it is physically, but our 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 home, our country is not here. It's not. And so, in verse twenty-five, it says, "For circumcision." Uh, it is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you break the law, or, or but if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physical, physically uncircumcised, uh, if he fulfills the law, Judge you who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcised that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcised in the in uh, is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. And so, 
We're fixing this. We're fixing to get into it right now. Uh, the Gentiles were blaspheming in the name of Christ. The name of God was blaspheming among the nations, Ezekiel 36, 20, 23. The Gentiles were blaspheming because of the Jews. Those who ruled over the Jews blasphemed God. Isaiah 52, 5. Those who judged Israel blasphemed God, Lamentations 2, 14. The Jews broke the law themselves. And so here you are, somebody trying to tell you to keep this law, but you can't even keep it yourself. So 225, alright? Circumcision is profitable for those who keep the law. The Jews have been given the law of God in Romans 3, 2. Abraham received the sign of circumcision by faith in Romans 4, 11, 12. True circumcision is circumcision of the heart. Deuteronomy 36. Goes all the way back there. Deuteronomy 36. The true circumcision is the circumcision of the heart. Alright? Circumcision is not profitable for those who break the law. The Jews had not uh, had not circumcised their heart and faced judgment. Jeremiah 4 4. The Jews are circumcision becomes uncircumcision to those who break the law. The person who depends on circumcision must keep the whole law. Galatians 5 3 6. The Jews were dishonoring God by breaking the law. Romans 2.23, we've done that. The Jews were uncircumcised both in heart and in their ears in Acts 7.51. Uh, I'm going to stop right here for a minute. Uh, i got something I want to ask uh, about the circumcision. It says, all right, uh, we're going to get to... Uh, let's see. All right, let me go a little bit farther. Then I'll be able to get what I want to do here. Uh, the Gentiles sometimes live better lives than the Jews in 26. Uh, so there are some who obey God who do not have the law. The Lord promised to bless the foreigners who serve Him in Isaiah 56, 6 and 7. Christ said many Gentiles would sit down in the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 8, 11 and 12. He told them this is going to happen. Now, now they, they were calling that blasphemy when Jesus said that. There are some whose obedience is counted as circumcision. Uh, Cornelius and his entire household were Gentiles who feared God. Acts 10, uh, verses 2 and 4. Cornelius and his household were accepted by God. Acts 10, 34 35, and 11, 3-18. So you, you see, there, there's an example here, but Gentiles actually show the necessity for judgment for Jews. Uh, the Gentiles are uncircumcised by nature. By nature. Gentiles did not have the law uh, and the covenant. In Romans 3 2, the Gentiles who obey the law judge the Jews. Uh, the people of Nineveh would judge the Jews in Matthew 12 41. Think about that. Where did Jonah uh, uh, wind up? In Nineveh. Uh, the Gentiles judge those who have the law and are circumcised. The Queen of Sheba will rise in judgment against the Jews. Matthew 12, 42. Also, that is in 1 Kings uh, 10, 1. And so, uh, let's see here. So here we go. Uh, it says, and will, uh, will not the physically uncircumcised, as he fulfills the law, judge you who even with the written code and circumcision are transgressors of the law? Uh, this is God's answer to the one who says, what about the pigment? Have you ever heard that question? You know, because we're talking about people who have never heard the Word of God. They're, they're so isolated they've never heard it. And so this is this is where it comes from. This is this is a conversation that was had and some answers that were given and I that I had I had to bring it up. So what about the pygmy in Africa who has never heard the gospel? God will judge the pygmy by what he has heard and how he has lived by it, of course. This means that the pygmy will be guilty before God because no one has perfectly lived by the conscience or perfectly responded 
to what we can know of God through creation. No one can. Alright? And so it goes back to this. Uh, the problem of the innocent native is that we can't find an innocent native anywhere. We're men. We're all descendants of, of the fall. So what about the people in Africa who haven't heard the gospel? That's a good question. But there are two far more important questions to ask. What about you who hear the gospel but reject it? What excuse is there for you? How you Yeah. So what about you who are commanded to take the gospel to the pygmy in Africa but refuse to do it? And that. And the scripture reference here is Matthew 28, 19. All of us are called to take the gospel to the nation. Oh. The nation is, is ethnos in the Greek. Right. Which means to the people group. To the people group. Right. The different people. The people. Right. And so they are using the pygmy as an example. And so these are far greater questions than what about pygmy. So what about you who fear the gospel but reject it? This is interesting. I'm going to run through this one more time. Uh, so, so uh, what excuse is there for you? If you're worried, if the atheist is worried about the picnic, you remember I mentioned the atheist and son. You know, the atheist is way out left field. Even the demon and the devil believes in Jesus. And the atheist is out there that doesn't believe in anything. What do you think? Man, that, that's wild. Uh, and so, uh, what about you who are commanded to take the gospel to that pygmy and that, but refuse to do it? So, are you circumcised or uncircumcised? You know, uh, who fulfills the law? Who fulfills uh, the written code? And then I got another one, uh, when we get, which we already read again. It says, Whose praise is not from men, but from God? All the outward signs of religion may earn us praise from men, but they will not earn us praise from God. The evidence of our righteousness with God is not contained in outward signs or works. It is not assured because of our parentage. The evidence is found in the work of God in our heart, which shows itself in fruit. So let me... Let me, let me put this in perspective. There is no more salvation in keeping the law than there is in baptism. And, and I'm going to go on a little bit. I'm going to give you a better example. What's marked on the outside is not necessarily what's marked on the inside. If you go to the grocery store, and you see a can of peas on the shelf, and you buy that can of peas, and you take it home, and it's full of carrots. What's wrong? What's wrong? It's a mistake. That's a mistake was made. We assumed we were buying peas, but there's carrots on the inside. What's wrong when you assume that the circumcision is your salvation, or you assume that your baptism is your salvation, but on the inside, you're not. Salvation on the inside produces change that God sees and eventually others will see. And so, uh, you know, the evidence is found in the work of God in our heart. William Newell summarizes Romans 2 with seven great principles of God's judgment that are worth noting. God's judgment is according to truth, Romans 2 2. God's judgment is according to accumulated guilt, Romans 2 5. God's judgment is according to works, Romans 2 6. God's judgment is without partiality, Romans 2 11. God's judgment is according to performance, not knowledge, Romans 2 13. God's judgment, judgment reaches the secrets of the heart, Romans 2 16. God's judgment is according to reality, not religious perfection. Romans 2, 17 to 29. 
It's based on reality. It's based on our motives. It's based on our actions. Get right here. It reaches the secrets of the heart, God's judgment. Everything that we have done, we lay back. Every motive that caused us to do those things is going to be laid bare. If we have wronged somebody, also, it's going to be laid bare. It's going to be laid bare. All those little secrets we have in our heart that we want no one else to know about, they're going to be laid bare. You know those prayers that the Holy Spirit makes for us when we don't even know that we need them? That's not one of the secrets of the heart. The secrets of the heart, you know what they are. And you still haven't verbalized them before God and asked them to get I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And so I'm going to be held accountable for this. Please put it to the Jews and the Gentiles and for us today. We have a mission. And that mission is to do the will of God. Period. And there was a point here that says, if you know His will, proof of what is superior, because you are instructed by the law. But what Paul's doing here, he says, just as with knowing the law is no substitute for obeying the law, neither is circumcision a substitute for the covenantal commitments that were given by by God. And Paul was bringing a revolutionary concept to the Jewish people here. And I'm just summarizing what he said. That people, and he addresses it this way, that a Jew who was disobedient to the law was equivalent to a common Gentile. And an obedient Gentile was equivalent to a law-abiding Jew. He's flipping the script for them, and they knew it. They heard it. So being a true and Gentile, gen, genuine Jew is not a matter of an outward appearance, as you said, but of an inward spiritual conformity to the output intent of the law by their hearts, receiving praise from God, not men. In other words, try... Bring a try to the table to maybe not follow the law because we're unable to, but to please God, to please God by trying to obey the law. If you bring a try to the table and it's written on your heart, it's going to trump circumcision. It's going to trump all this tradition. It's going to trump all these things of man that are devices to make one look holy in front of man when you're not. And so the try trumps it all. That's interesting. A try. Just try. They, uh, they were rabbis that actually taught that because you were born a you, you don't have to worry about that. And there are other rabbis that taught because you were circumcised, that ensures your salvation. Well, let me tell you something. The Egyptian circumcised their milk food, and they didn't know anything about God. Well, circumcision is, like I said, it's like baptism. It's like going to the grocery store and buy a can that's labeled wrong. What happens if you buy a can of something, you open it up and it's empty? That's basically what you've got when you're following rules and regulations rather than spirituality and the law. Any questions? Go ahead, Jay. Get back to the pig news. Huh? Get back to the pig news real quick. What about? You said in Scripture talks about the pig news. No, I didn't say it was Scripture. I said what it was was a guy questioning it. No, I'm saying, well, how was the pig news? never have been witnessed to was nature, they see God through nature, is that what it is? Yeah, they, yeah. the, the, the pygmies will will see that there is a God, but the fact that they have a conscience that God has gave them, and the fact that they've seen God created will not make them whole because no one 
on the face of the earth is right. And so somebody has to take the gospel to the pigment. That's a people group that needs to be reached. And so uh, that that's how that works. I'll throw this in The Holy Spirit sometimes comes out of the third book. And we saw a little bit of that in these young kids coming forward. But the Holy Spirit can move. Can, I think the scriptural part of that is you know, God always holds a remnant that we probably don't know about. He always has a remnant. And a remnant probably means people who we don't know that. But the pigment is more justified, I think is what you're saying, than a guy who is self-righteous and is I'm saying that the pigment is so lost. According to this, the pigment is just ahead. It's just as guilty as the self-righteous guy or the guy who sits in here who professes to have salvation but doesn't. Now that's a that's, that's a God man. But the question is, the, the bigger question is like it goes through, you know, what about the man who hear God? And don't accept it. What excuse do they have when they stand before God? Having heard enough. I think the question you have is how does it take me if you're when how does it get justified? Well that's what that I was taught. God. And what I was taught could be wrong. That the big me would recognize there is a God and, and, and if he has a desire to find or seek God, God will find a way to bring it to him. Thus, Thus, verse 19 of Matthew, make disciples of the nation. Yeah, but I'm talking, okay, yeah. Don't put the cart before the horse. Huh? No, I'm not. So, so the pygmy, if the pygmy has a desire to know God or seek God after recognizing it, God makes a way for that to happen. That's right. Called okay. missionary. Okay. So, um, then... But Abraham was attributed righteousness because of his belief in God. Right. And God is just, so it therefore... That right. that, that God is just. Now, I'm not saying that every pygmy has never hurt him. I'm not saying that. But as a, as a, as a whole, that's the reason that, that, that part of the reason that Christ hasn't returned is because there's people groups that haven't heard the gospel. But there will not be an excuse for the pygmies because Christ will give you what you seek. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Period. Somebody's got, somebody's got to introduce Christ to them. Gotcha. That's why the second question was, what about those of you who want, who refuse to take the message to the people? Right. See, we have people today who refuse to walk across the street and share a gospel with their neighbor. We have Christians. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Who's going to care about the Christians? There's a thing called the 1040 window in which the last people groups, and they keep building on these different ethnos people groups, to somewhere in 1,500 to 4,000, 4,500 was my last number I had a few years ago. But this is a bunch of people groups that only 2% of the missionaries are are seeking out because it's very, very dangerous in Indonesia and in this 1040 window that is is uh, is against Christianity, highly against it. Uh, and and so the missionaries are just uh averse to going in there and getting killed. And they do get killed if they go in there. That's like La Herre. You know, we we support the La Herre uh, Bible college or whatever it is, being Bible ministry. And what they do is they take the Bible and they in Pakistan. They're located in Pakistan. And they train pastors in Pakistan. And those pastors are going into these areas because they are the same people. And they're reaching these unreached people groups in Pakistan. Well, that's happening in places all around the world. And so it takes time to train pastors. That's just like, you know, uh, Robin's brother, Keith. 
They're trained pastors to be able to go to these towns and, and they have to start from track to teach the deaf so you can read and understand and be able to understand the gospel. And that deaf group is an unreached people group. Yeah. And so that, that, that's the why, that's part of the reason why I say it's the only other reason it's called it's not God's time. I guarantee you when Christ comes back, all the people groups will have heard it up. Whether they accept it or not, that's, that's a different too. But they will have heard the gospel. And not only will they have heard it, but they will have heard it in their own ears, their own land. See what happened on Pentecost. They preached the gospel and everyone heard it in their own tongue. You remember when we were praying on the water pot down, down in the big rock? I didn't speak Spanish. And that girl sitting there, the three ladies across from me praying over the pot. They didn't speak either. But yet we heard each other's prayers in our own tongue. Spiritually. And so that's what's going to happen. But usually the people that are asking these questions are trying to justify their own thing. They're trying to justify why they did it. That's why that question comes back. So, you know, how about you? You heard it up. What is there? What is your excuse for not accepting? You want to worry about? You're worried about pigment. What about yourself? Matthew 24, 12. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Jesus is answering a question: When will the end come? And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, all ethnos. And then the end will come. It's pretty succinct. I get a lot of pushback on that. That it isn't completely. If you have a red letter Bible, but it's uh, if you have a red letter Bible, yeah. that's the words of Jesus. That's the words of Jesus. Uh, go ahead. <clears throat> we think we do a lot with missions in the U.S. our churches. That first Sunday I went down there, the original church we went to, Jose Manuel's church, they had a presentation. Their church sends money to Africa to help start churches in Africa. They don't have money. But they find a way to send money to Africa to help churches. And the pastor down there gave a presentation and then we watch it. That's all of Honduras sending money to Africa. Here's what you, you want to hear one even better. There are nations that are sending missionaries, Africans are sending missionaries to the United States to share the gospel in the United States. Well, I'll do that. Yeah. Because the, because the people in the United States won't do it. It's fertile territory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a shame. That's a shame. The city on the hill up. The lighthouse, the beacon on the hill, is having to be evangelized by foreign countries because we won't do it ourselves. That is that's probably an exchange. That's what I told them down there. I said we won't be long to my interpreters. I said before y'all be sitting people up here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's already happened. Been happening for years. That's the bad part about it. Been happening for years.
Then shall, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And then verse 17, it says, So then faith come by him and hear by the word of God. So it's our duty to shut it out. That's right. That builds on Matthew 28, 28. That's our marching word. Whenever you hear someone, a Christian, say, I'm not called to mission. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. That is your call. That is every Christian call. It might not be global. It could be right. Well, that's exactly right. Not everyone is called to go to the picnic. But everyone is called to go somewhere. And like I said, you've got a lot that won't even go out and go. They just won't. So, but that being said, any other questions? Any other comments? Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Now, Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the understanding that you give us. I thank you that we have questions, Lord. And it's okay for us to have questions. And we just ask you to send your spirit with the answers to us. And if we have things that are hindering us from receiving those, those answers, Lord, let us voice them, get them out into the atmosphere so that we can become one with you. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.